We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, A double L E N in the building. What up? Hey, hey. My guy got on the Croatia t-shirt. One month till the Euros. You, first time in three years of getting an international tournament. It's been long overdue. Usually, we only have to wait two years. It's due to the pandemic. We had to wait a little longer. Any buzz? You think people starting to talk about it now or what? Because I feel like it's been pretty quiet in sports media as far as the Euro Cup coming around. That's that's a fair point. I, I thought there was maybe more buzz back when it was you know, the last one, 2016. I think maybe just because club season's still going on and like they're trying to squeeze all that in and then the whole Super League debacle. Mm. There's just been a lot of different storylines. But I think once early June hits, it'll, it'll start to pick up because once you get the international tournament buzz, it's like, all right, we're getting four weeks of nonstop action. Those summers when there's international soccer, yeah. I think <clears throat> I think are the best sports summers. You have mid-June to mid-July, soccer takes up all your time. Even like the, the casual sports fan mm-hmm. tunes in. They just love international soccer. Yeah. And then from there, before you know it, three, four weeks, and then it's training camp, and then you have a storyline every day, who got cut, who got hurt, right. what rumors are being spread. Yeah. And then from there, the season starts. And this summer we got the... NBA is going to be going longer. That's true, too. Yeah, so that's going to take us well into maybe... Wow, that's a good point because yeah. the playing games are next week. Right. And then you got to figure it's going to go into July for sure. So you're still going to get a lot of, lot of good action this summer. It's yeah. just 
Yeah, but you're right though. When it comes mm. and ESPN has the rights, so like the promotions there, you know, mm-hmm. what better outlet to have than ESPN? But I just think right now, I think the whole fall of the Super League is really like kind of dampened the sport a bit, just because that would that could have really just ruined everything. I don't think the people understood the ramifications of how bad that plan was. Yo, you know what just crossed my mind? Poirier Connor three that weekend might be like a semifinals Euro Cup weekend, might Probably. be a conference finals yeah. NBA. Then you got that. That's gonna be a zoo. Vegas. Oof. Man, I remember speaking of the Euro Cup, mm. I was in Vegas in twenty sixteen and I put five hundred dollars on England at fourteen to one to win the, the Euro Cup. And I was at Wet Republic, and one of the cabanas over there, it was a big Manchester United flag. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like walked by it, and uh, they were playing Russia at the time in the group stages, and they were beating Russia in the first half. <clears throat> and I just go to, I, I end up linking up with one of the dudes from that cabana at the bar. I was like, yo, I bet on you guys to win the Euro Cup. Like, let's go. We won that game because I wasn't paying attention to the mm-hmm. game. He's like, nah, those fucking idiots, they tied against Russia. I think it was like a set piece. Yeah. Minute. <laughs> I was like, damn. And he goes, buddy, I wouldn't have wagered on us. I was like, oh, thanks for the more confidence, man. I think there's more buzz out of England going to this tournament, but it's Fran- France has just built such a powerhouse. And Port- just like Portugal's, even though they did win the last year, it's like, this is their resurgence. Mm-hmm. Like Portugal looks like as good as they did back in like 04, 06, like their golden ages now. So. If you're putting any wagers, uh, France, Portugal, and if you're looking for a sleeper, maybe the Dutch are back. Holland and Italy are back. Two traditionals are finally back in a major tournament for the first time. So you know, I know you don't have much good to say about the Italians, but I think you like the Dutch a little bit. You know what? I uh, I never liked Italian soccer. I never liked the whole... They're, they're the creators of the flopping, mm-hmm. the Italians. Not yeah. everyone does it, but Italians did originate. They did originate it. They did... To like the tenth power, <laughs> I their soccer never was appealing to me. It's evolved a bit, but I think that's more from attracting international talent rather than from within. Loved Pirlo. Pirlo was one of my idols growing up. Yeah. He was the man, yo. He Him to, and he about to lose his job, but yeah. and and, and Totti was my guy too. Yeah. But yeah, they just never they just never did it for me. Though my dad did wager on them in 06 Ooh. at 10 to 1 to win. And my, my dad my dad was like celebrating with all the Italians on Steinway and shit, just like honking their horns Dude. and all that in Astoria. It was like 4 hours nonstop. Oh yeah, it was a zoo. Yeah. yeah. Yo, think about think about Astoria back then, dude. Like all right, so for, for those listening that have never been to Queens, like Astoria might be one of the most diverse places Probably in the country or maybe even in the world. Like, you walk down Dittmar's Boulevard, you could get Japanese, Mexican food, uh, African food, uh, Korean, Ecuadorian. Greek, like, literally everything. All in, like, a 10-block radius. It used to be Croatian. For teardrop. Oh, uh, <laughs> damn. Yo, that Croatian bar that, like, David Deal was at that one time. Yeah, I used to go play beer pong that there. That was the greatest place. Oh. That place was lit. <laughs> yeah. They used to have beer pong, and, and the winning team would get a $50 beer tab. Man. When you're fucking 22, you're like, yo! I, I was going there when I was 15. You know? Let's win salute, that. To, salute to Scorpio. <laughs> so, yo, so Astoria is a very, very big Italian and Greek community, mm-hmm. like historically. And even to this day, it's still a lot. So, imagine the 04 summer. Greece wins the Euro Cup. Mm-hmm. 
which is pretty funny hindsight we'll never get old i didn't get to sports low six so i'm glad i missed that portion and then and then italy wins the the world cup in all six right and look back in 2018 croatians did play they did we took over a store a little bit mm-hmm. there was like two blocks that were shut down for, for uh after they beat england so unfortunately they won the final but you know, like you said a story very very diversified and you know who knows like imagine if columbia did something big Dude, when they went on that run in 2014 to the quarters, yeah, yeah, that shit was pretty lit, man. The Colombians don't mess around, man. And you know me with Colombian chicks. All Colombians. I mean, salute to them. The that's, best. That's the LeBron James <laughs> <of> chicks. <laughs> Unanimous number one draft pick. Can't bust potential. So <laughs> they're yeah, them the Brazilians show out too. Yeah, like more so. I, I think the Brazilians and the Colombian fan bases mm-hmm. get like really, really rowdy. Like I remember being at the beer garden for Aldo O'Connor. And like you had a lot of Brazilian. Damn, that was in December. There. Yeah, but there was a lot of fucking fans Damn, there. No man. beer garden this year, man. I, a lot of locals. Dude, lot of it's, it's been shut down. I know they turned it into like warehouses and shit and fucking office space. One of the coolest bars. It really was. Fucking the best place to go watch sporting events. Yeah. But uh, another fan base that like gets into it too is like the Mexican fans too. Mm-hmm. They fucking get all oh, day. You do not want to get to any verbal dispute disputes with them like they just they have no filter whatsoever Bro, and they show out like they were they showed out for canelo over the weekend mm-hmm. too like they fucking right. there's something about hispanic and latin american countries that like for sports when it comes to sports those yeah. motherfuckers go all in yeah. bro whether it be soccer combat sports you know baseball like Bro, when Brazil lost 7-1 to Germany, Yo. <laughs> you would have thought someone's grandmother got shot Dude. in front of them. Talk about tears and in Brazil, too. Yeah, the host country. What a fucking ass whooping, huh? How, host country. And it's a semifinal. Like, it wasn't semifinal. some group stage match. We're talking about... The dream of a, a, a Argentina-Brazil yeah. final. Like, that would have been fucking lit. And Germany just goes, nope, 4 nothing within 20 minutes. You're just watching. Like, majority of those goals were like... It was amateur hour. Just like they weren't even well put. It was just like, all right. It was a massacre. Yo. Like you watched it and you felt bad. Like I'm feeling bad for Brazil. Like how is this possible? What's the biggest like sport ass whoopings you can remember? Where like a team was just out by like I always took maybe a, like 10, 10% of the game. I always took a Broncos Seahawks. Oh, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> just like once that ball went over Payton's head. You just knew, right? Like, yeah. oh, it is going to be rough. And then just the weather, and then just seeing Seattle's defense, I was like, ooh. Wow, yeah, that's Super Bowl. Percy Harvin, fucking, uh, what was his name? The Malcolm, Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith. People forget Percy Harvin, Golden Tate, legit had a fight. Fight, fight like, yeah. Three days beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a Pete Carroll for, like, alleviating all that tension. Like, that, that's well, how, how about shows. how good that that core was too man that was the like the original that was peak that was peak peak seahawks with thomas chancellor then you had sherman and that's when byron maxwell was good and then kj Wright and bobby wagner and then that d-line with bennett avril uh, brandon meban like they just they had all i think young bruce servant too i'm trying to think of other games where a team just got oh there was that rockets game seven against the spurs or was it a game six was where like harden got concussed and right, I think it was over like by se- early second quarter. In Houston, they they beat them by like forty, and it was over at like halftime. Right. The game was done. And base hard because you got to look at like game six or seven. It's like yeah, concluding yeah. games. Yeah, where like game sevens historically they're pretty tight, low scoring. I know the under always has like a very high mm-hmm. 
conversion rate. I remember Euro 2012, Spain beat Italy 4 nothing. I watched with a bunch of Italians, and they were they legitimately thought Italy was going to pull up. Because remember, this was a Spain that won Euro 8 2010. This was like, can they get the 3 P? Meanwhile, Italy just beat Germany. Balotelli had that brace. Peak Balotelli mo when he took the show off yeah, like the post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they're yeah. like, yo, going to beat Spain. We're going to end it. And then Spain, within like 50 minutes, 4 nothing. That was another one. Yo, I think there was a Stanley Cup game. It was like the Canucks and the Bruins. I think it might have been. Oh, where's Dylan like, for this? Yeah, it was like four nothing within like the first period, yeah. and it was just. What about fights? That was like to- recently Wilder Fury too. Within two minutes, I was like, "Oh wow, okay." Oh, you thought it was a rap yeah, right there? I knew Wilder was. You just getting tagged too much. Fights, it's fights, it's weird because you you kind of can set like this is gonna hurt you but you kind of knew yeah stipe was kind of doomed after like that first exchange oh no once he shot double again the sprawl was when <laughs> picture perfect when francis like, sprawled and you're like all right you're in trouble i was like just stipe throw a leg kick or is this it was only a matter of time but yeah i wonder about fights though like truly one-sided beatings <sighs> well wasn't there a main event recently where it was like 50 40 oh dude oh holloway max and cater yeah that was a fucking right. historic ass whooping. Yeah. <sighs> it was bad. Yeah, dude. Like, those are... Like, one of the first UFC events I watched was Le- uh, Lesnar Mir. And, like, once I saw, like, the weight of Angels, I, like, I want to say 35 pounds. And Lesnar was just throwing those hammer fists on Mir. I was like, okay, this is bad. Like, he took Mir's strawberries. That was a joke. It's like, damn, Brock just punched the strawberries out of him. So, that was... A- Fights is hard because you think it, they get finished... You would think, yeah. So it's it's hard to think like truly one side prolonged beatings. That's why I think Max is the one that comes to mind, yeah. like that I could think of. That's... Some will say Khabib Connor, but I thought Connor kind of held his own for a bit. Well, there, there, a lot of people say that that was the only round that Habib has lost in his career. Right, like that round three, I think it might have yeah, been because yeah. he got finished in round right. four. I just, I just think people remember the sound bites and like Connor asking for mercy at one point, which is why, the, and you know, he got dropped too. Well, like the majority that. of that fight was Habib doing yeah. his usual ground and pound. Right, right. Yeah, you're right, though. Fights are a little interesting. Um, there was, I mean, I remember there was the Monday night football game. The Pats played the Jets, like, in, like, 2010. Ooh, and that was when the Jets were, like, big time. Like, Rex was talking them up. Well, that was the year, though. Fast forward to the playoffs. The Jets beat them in Foxborough. Because right. I remember I was up in Buffalo for that. Mm-hmm. So, what you're talking about, big games. Um, you know, We both attended one uh, in 2012. Wildcard weekend. <laughs> well, it's a little bit different, though, because the moment I saw Matt Ryan, I always tell this story. Matt Ryan is warming up. He's there with my guy, Julio. and uh, Rookie oh, Julio. Rookie Julio. Dreadlock Julio. Dreadlock Julio. Next to Roddy and Gonzalez Julio. And uh, Matt Ryan, they show him up on the Jumbotron. Like, they show Eli, and the crowd is, like, cheering and whatnot. And then they show Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan literally does this. He goes. It was cold. And he goes like this. He goes, it's cold. Like yeah. you hear it, and I was like, I turned, I turned to like the guys that that I was sitting with. I was like, "Yo, we're gonna blow them out." <laughs> I was like, "It's a wrap, dude." I was like, "This dude can't feel his fingers. It's quiet for him." That's like that's a Jared Goff day now. Yeah, like Jared Goff can't play it cool. Yeah. yeah, but um, I think another one though would be, you know, you talk about like ass opens from start to finish. What about the ones that like turn against you? One being. The Super Bowl for you guys? Oh, well, it's not more comebacks. No, we're talking. About, wow, word, yeah. word. Yeah, that's a different conversation. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I, can't. I just look at it as comebacks. Yeah. That's true. Unless you can really see someone beating themselves. 
yeah, yeah. which is kind of hard to do like how do you really beat yourself that's it's like if a fighter is winning three four rounds and they get they lose me i didn't think dc beat himself against stipe other than like the second fight he just didn't want to block body punches well didn't um wasn't Anderson Silva and Chael Sonnen something similar? Where yeah, where but Chael, Chael got... test positive for voids. Like mm. I don't know. I feel like that that fight. Gotcha, no gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, uh, Euro Cup coming up. That's going to be very, very interesting. I hope there could be some more buzz around it though, just because it's it's one of my favorite events. Right. I also World think Cup. maybe going from sixteen to twenty four kind of diluted a little bit because now group stage doesn't mean much. Like you have to do really bad not to make it out of the group stage. So maybe that's not the effects of, but I, I assume when it'll come around. Well, that tangent went way longer than I thought it would, but that was fun to get to pick your brain a little bit about beatings, beatings, <laughs> just ass whoopings. Uh, at the time that we're recording, the schedule has not come out yet, mm-hmm. but I do want to talk a little bit about the NFL schedule because I get very excited for this. I'm almost as excited for this as I am for the draft, believe it or not. I value the NFL schedule a lot more than what the casual or even even a lot of like pundits in sports media do because I think it's very telling right off the bat what kind of success your team can have. And what I mean by that is you know who you're going to play. You don't know when you're going to play them. The famous story that I always talk about and being from New York, I'm a little biased because I got to experience it more and I have a lot of friends that are Jets fans was that 2013 season. There was some buzz about the Jets. They still had Rex Ryan there, and the, the core was still there. Mm-hmm. But they opened up that season, and I don't know when it was, but those first nine games, it's like they played Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Rodgers, Stafford. Like, you just played all these, like, but... elite-level quarterbacks in a row, and you're like, yo, you're throwing out Geno Smith. It's quiet for you guys. Yeah. I think it was 2014 because I remember the, I the worst quarterback because I was at the game. It was the Jets, Bears, Monday night. I think Cutler was like the worst quarterback on, yeah. during that stretch. Yeah, Jets. And they went like done. one and eight. And yeah. before you know it, it's like, yo, you need to leave that stretch Burr. with three to four wins. You're not. Yeah. And then that's it. Your season was done. So I like to look when I look at the schedule, Alan, I like looking – when are you going to play certain teams? There are a couple of things, but to start off this conversation, that's the one thing that I really look at. When are you playing certain teams? Right. I also look at road stretches, like how many times, you know, what what's your back-to-back like? Do you have potentially three road games? So it should be difficult. Everyone's always going to look at the bye week. That's just default. Everyone wants a bye week later in the season. No one wants to dread a week for a bye week because that's just too early. If you get a bye week at week eight or after, that's like the best case scenario. Well, the dude. What about the Raiders uh, in in twenty nineteen? I think I think they went like eight weeks not playing at home, right? Because I, they had that they had a bye week and they had a London game where they, they were the Chicago. home team. Yeah, they beat. And it's like I think it was from maybe week three or four till about week eleven. They didn't play at home. Right. That's brutal for yeah. you too. And they, and they were competing like the Raiders. They were in the playoff until like December last two years. That's how it is. And then also I think. What your layout of your schedule is. Mm-hmm. So, are you playing? Are you a team like the Giants? Are you playing at Seattle, at Arizona? Are you doing the stay out west, which is something that Sean McVay has started yeah. the last couple of years? Where if the Rams are playing out east mm-hmm. and they're playing the Eagles and they're playing the Jets, well, why would I go LA, New York, yeah. back to LA, 
back to Philly. Let yeah. me just pack a bag for two weeks and stay out there. And you've uh, seen a lot of teams adapt Sh- that new thing. Shannon did it last year. They played the Just Giants back to back. It makes sense, yeah. dude. Especially Why not? You, you're basically going when you're going from out west, mm-hmm. Seattle, San Francisco, LA to New York. You're basically going to London because yeah, you got to acclimate to that time at 10 a.m. You're playing football, essentially. The body clock, yeah. the, the, the time zones change, mm-hmm. uh, being on a flight, that shit mm-hmm. got to be ass, too. Yeah, Dude, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago with, with uh, Agent Chris when he came on the show. When I come back from Vegas, I take the red eye. It fucks up my whole week. Now, these athletes are traveling yeah. in first class and private jets, but it's still like you're just being up in the air yeah. and the high altitude. Mm-hmm. It wears on you. That's yeah. another thing I look at. When, you know, what's your back-to-backs? Like, are you are you Miami? Are you playing at Seattle, at San Fran? Mm-hmm. Are you coming back? Like, I kind of right. like to look at those. You also have to kind of look at what the Thursday night placement is because Thursday night football is an extremely difficult adjustment to make. And you just hope you have, like, a favorable opponent. Like, I think the Cardinals have the Texans this year. Very fitting the Cardinals get the Texans on a Thursday night. You know, when, when it comes to Thursday night football, we know the quality of football is terrible. And, boy, that game is going to be over by a second quarter. Yeah, you don't think Watt and Hopkins are gonna be giggling on the silence? Right, right. Watt, damn. I mean, dude, you're talking about the Texans. They got the lowest win to- total I think I've ever seen. Was it one point five? No, it's four. Four wins. That's Granted, very generous. An extra, an extra game now too. Oh. So you're talking about seventeen wins? Like they might like be, seventeen games. To me, they might be worse than last year's Jets. That's saying something. Well, the Jaguars were worse, though. I know. what. Well, true. That's a good point. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know, morale-wise, like, just organizationally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you look at when you're looking at the schedule? Um, You also want to look at divisional games, too. I think that's also important just because, you know, I've seen times the Falcons, they'll have, like, five of their last six games are divisional opponents, and you just have to wonder, like, Okay, obviously there's recency bias, but it's just you know there's more of a magnitude because the stains. It's like okay, if you're trying to get a divisional title, you also have to look at your divisional record. You know, going five and one compared to three and three can make a huge difference seeding wise. So I think having your divisional games stacked up to you, like stacked up on your schedule, particularly at the end of the season, it could be pretty detrimental. Yeah, division division matchups are always interesting. Because that record, it could matter a lot for tiebreakers. It could determine whether you're going to get a home or away game. Yeah. And I like how they've made it where the last the last game of the regular season is always a divisional matchup. Right. So you could not have to worry about people throwing games or starters mm-hmm. sitting for the most part. Oh, wow. Well, we all know about that. Why? Uh, Eagles and Redskins. Uh, Doug, Doug Peterson. <laughs> uh, again, look, I a part of me was I put more blame on the Giants than anything. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, but that was just completely unnecessary putting Nate Sudfield in there. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's going to be uh, London games. I'm particularly excited because it didn't work out three years ago, but if they, I want to see them try to pull off the Mexico game, uh, and this one's Chiefs-Chargers, and I think that's going to be something. That's just, I think, a rivalry. It's going to be great for the next couple of years, like at least three, if not longer, just with Herbert and Mahomes. Uh, remember, the, there was supposed to be the, the legendary Chiefs-Rams game was supposed to take place in Mexico, but the field was just beyond unplayable. Like They showed the conditions on Monday, like, no, this game has to be in L.A. So hopefully Mexico gets it right this time because I, I think it would be really cool to see a Monday night game in Mexico, especially one that should be between two 
you know, high power offenses. Well, dude, thank God that that game got moved to uh, oh, to yeah. LA because that's that's probably the greatest. I might be the greatest offensive football game of all time. Uh, actually, it might be one of the greatest football games. Period. Just because I just the defense. I remember the hot take that I had when I finished watching that game. Uh, we were driving back from the FanDuel Sportsbook, mm-hmm. and I just told the guys that I was in the car with. I'm like, fellas, I feel like the defense has played pretty well. There was like defensive touchdowns, three sacks, yeah, intos. But you had those offenses, like you're talking about. I know it sounds crazy now, but golf was an MVP candidate that season. That was peak McVay, uh, Mahomes mm-hmm. through the 50 touchdowns. Right. So that was a very special game, right. man. So apparently, over here, what I'm reading, um, the Jaguars are going to continue to play home games in London, and the NFL has pledged to play each year in London. And starting in 2022, so next season, mm-hmm. every team will play an international game, whether it's in South America Ooh. or London, in the eight-year agreement that they've done with the international NFL Damn, movement. Where in they're South doing. America, you think? Brazil, Argentina? They got some big fucking stadiums That's down there, I'm thinking man. it has to be one of those two. It has to be, yeah. Because I just, I just can think of, like, I think it's the Maracanã it's called in Brazil. Maybe. Like the f- big... Uh, where Boca Juniors plays, yeah, that's a monster stadium in. too. South American soccer stadiums. I want to take a look because I know there's some. Well, Azteca, we know that. Yeah, Maracana, that is in Brazil. Monumental Lima, that's in, in Lima, Peru. Peru. Yeah, yeah eighty thousand people. Um, where's Argentina? Mario Kempis. Arena, 57,000. La Bombonera. <laughs> Buenos Aires. I'm, I wonder what, how is it going to be time-wise? You know, What's the time difference? How they're going to schedule it? Well, I know that my dad loves watching Latin American soccer because mm-hmm. it'll be like 9 p.m. on a Tuesday. They'll play like their version of Champions League. Yeah, Copa Libertadores. Yeah, so that... Um, that's probably going to match, I would yeah. say. It'd probably be the same. Obviously, it wouldn't be on a Tuesday. It'd probably still be a Sunday yeah. or a Monday. We're never going to get Tuesday football again, nor should we. Tuesday nah, football we is weird. It, it was just it was just a lot, man. Yeah. I feel like the NFL gets greedy at that point. Well, it, but they did because of COVID. I get yeah. it, yeah, because that was an extreme circumstance that you did that. But the quality was just tough, especially watching the Ravens and the Steelers. So I do want to mention... Um, the the division matchups so you know what division is playing which and for this season um now we got afc north nfc north afc west because everyone's been hyping up nbc had to cut the commercial but like if the whole depending on the whole iron rogers situation like you know packers chiefs should be the game everyone can't wait to see but you know, given Green Bay situation with Rodgers, no one quite knows. You know, it'll be interesting how they schedule that, given the whole situation. Yeah, so AFC, let's just go <clears throat> go through it to give everyone. AFC East opponents, you got the NFC South and the AFC South. So the Falcons are going to get to put up how many points on the Jets, you think? 80? Yeah, 38. <laughs> <laughs> the AFC North plays the NFC North and the AFC West. The AFC South plays the NFC West and the AFC East. The AFC West plays the NFC East and the AFC North, which means the Giants are going to have to play Mahomes, Herbert, 
potentially Rodgers. Carr and maybe Rodgers. Yeah. All right, so we'll try again in 2022 if that's the case. <laughs> the NFC East plays the AFC West and NFC South. NFC North plays the AFC North, NFC West. NFC South plays the AFC East and the NFC East. Ooh, Falcons, Giants. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I just I just don't see a whole lot of buzz with either of these teams. Like, all right, it's exciting for us, but like, like games to look forward to. Like, I don't have any Falcons or John games. I'm putting together a list. Neither well, listen, team. I'll tell you this much: that might we might have to bet the over in that game because I don't see any defense being played there. I know, but Daniel Jones will give a couple of turnovers. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So defense can put up points you know, too. Whoever whoever Falcons player decides to emerge defensively this year, that isn't Gray Jarrett or Deion Jones. <laughs> and then we got. NFC West plays the AFC South and NFC North. Right. One thing I noticed the schedule: the Chiefs, all their like big time games, they're home for. We're talking about home against the Bills, home against the Packers, home against the Browns. Like I don't know how they benefit so much, but you're talking about like the, you know the two playoff games, and then. Arguably the biggest challenge against Green Bay, they're home for. Mm-hmm. And we all know how big of a home for Vanjie Arrowhead is. But the Browns one sticks out in particular because Odell's going to be back for this one. Um, I think, uh, obviously, the Chiefs won't have, they won't be as well rested. We don't know about the bye situation, but you assume the Browns, you know, hopefully it'll be like, you know, there's not going to be two weeks of waiting for the Chiefs in this scenario. But uh, I really enjoyed that playoff game. I think that one gets slept on. I think because Mahomes got injured. But Chiefs, Chiefs, Browns, remember that controversial call with Daniel Sorensen at the goal line? I think the Browns, a little bit more consistent defensively. I think that one against the Chiefs, that could be a doozy. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at the, again, same with that division. I looked at the Raiders' schedule. And one of the reasons why is because they have home games against the Ravens, Bengals, Eagles, Washington, and Dolphins. I'm curious to see what the Vegas, if the Vegas flu is going to spill into the NFL. Because the Golden Knights, when they first went to Vegas, I think they lost like three games at home all year. And then they ended up going all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. One of the reasons why is because you're in Vegas. Yeah. And if you're there for a couple of days, you're not going to be in your room, Alan. Yeah. You're going to go in rage. Right. And I'm curious to see. We didn't get to experience this last year. Granted, the players did go to Vegas. They were physically there. But nothing was open mm-hmm. like it's going to be now. So I'm fascinated to see if we could take advantage of some of the betting lines there, if that's going to be built into it, right. because I think it's very, very interesting to see how that plays out. I, I forgot who. I know they upset New Orleans on Monday night early. It was like a week two game. I'm trying to remember. The Raiders definitely stuck up on some teams last year. They've done it for the last two years. It's Dude, just, they played the Chiefs well last year. They yeah, played they that lost one that, time that, game that, at home that they yeah, lost. And then they won. And then they beat them yeah. in, in Arrowhead. So I'm, th- I'm trying to think of like teams that went to Vegas. Um, I remember the Bucks handled them pretty good, but I just remember that Monday night game against the Saints because everyone was hyped up the Saints, and then I think that was like the, one of the f- more notable times where Drew Brees looked absolutely shot, and people were like, "Oh, uh, we don't know about the Saints contending this year." So, but now they're definitely the. Let's see how, what the cause of effect of playing in Las Vegas will be. It's just the Raiders are kind of off everyone's radar, just given that division. Um, I do want to mention we were talking about. Uh, games before like just the whole week 17 set not week 17 excuse me just the whole extra game set where like you see these two teams be paired up 
know, one of those games I saw was Rams Ravens, and one thing that really just caught my interest about that game was I think if you remember that Monday night game in 2019. That was the first time I've seen. The Rams under Sean McVay just get pulverized. I never see them get embarrassed. Like we were that. talking about ass whoopings yeah. before. That, that was, an was ass one. Like that was peak Baltimore, and that was like, oh wow, the Rams. This is the demise of the Rams for a little bit, and you know they didn't make the playoffs that year. So those two teams are playing. Expectations couldn't be higher with the Rams right now, and the Ravens. I think they're kind of in a position where they know they're contenders, but. They kind of know they have to make some strides in order to like seriously contend because they're stuck behind a couple of teams right now. You look at both, uh, you look at Kansas City and Buffalo, so I think both teams are facing huge amount of pressure. So I think Rams Ravens that should be a real fascinating matchup. Have you noticed how late the Super Bowl is going to be this year? It's the day before Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's gonna be the latest the Super Bowl has ever been played. Well, that's that's the schedule now. Yeah, yeah. The playoffs are going to start when. The divisional round usually mm-hmm. is. And, yeah, that extra game. So this is technically going to be the biggest NFL season ever. more right. The most games ever played. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you were talking about the Rams. Uh, they're going to be opening up their new stadium to, to fans also. Right. So that's going to be interesting. You know, it got to suck if you're a... I mean, look, I'm 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 gonna feel bad for billionaires. I get it, and especially like Arsenal fans and all the Super League folks Ooh, are not yeah. that fond of Stan Kroenke. Stan Kroenke. Yeah, but you gotta feel for like the Chargers, Rams, the Raiders that open up these new stadiums, and then you get hit with COVID. Yeah, so you can't even enjoy the luxuries of having a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know over the weekend there was seventy plus thousand people for Canelo's fight. Mm-hmm. So Jerry World is like rocking. But there was another game that really jumped out to me. Well, two of them, they feature the same team. But you got Brady's going back to New England this year. And then you also have Cam going back to Carolina. Now, when is that game going to be played? Is Mac Jones going to be in for Cam? That's going to be up to see. Yeah, I I just don't find the Patriots interesting right now. Like Those games obviously have storylines, but I don't think the Patriots, like they don't excite me right now. I did not care for the offseason one bit. And I still think they're a roster that just screams. I was about to say eight and eight. Eight and eight does not exist anymore. Uh, nine and eight or eight and nine. Like I don't know. I just don't see the buzz. But I understand the magnitude of Brady coming back. You know, it's gonna be a week of storylines, and that also means the Saints play the Patriots. And I just wonder both teams what their QB situations would be like. Will it be James against Cam? Will it be Taysom Hill against Mac Jones? Jeez. And you got Belichick, Peyton, like two of the most cold blooded coaches in the league like that's that's a cool matchup even though i don't particularly i don't think either team's gonna contend this year and i don't know what the rosters are looking like but you know I, the fact that the nfc south is putting the afc east open some things up there's also going to be a jaguars bengals matchup that i'm kind of interested in depending right. on when it is just because of burrow you know and- I, I do like that mention because I, I put on my list 49ers bears and just to see are we going to get lance fields and uh, San Francisco, are they regret passing up on fields? You know, we're gonna see what, what that's gonna be like for the next couple of years because they were pretty. Uh, John Lynch, just based on everything he said in press conference, they were really definitive on taking Trey Lance. So, uh, will they have to eat their words on you know passing up on fields? And you know, there's a lot of pressure in Chicago right now. I just, you just hope Fields gets on the field early because I like some of these t- organizations whenever they get like a like a get a high pick rookie quarterback coming in. Like they always say, oh, the veteran's going to play. And we, we're we going to only get a pump on the field when he's ready. 
And then within two, three weeks, it's like, all right, we got to get him on the field. Or even in the Houston's case, I'll never forget, they didn't think Deshaun Watson was ready to start, and they played Tom Savage, and he got sacked like nine times against the Jaguars, and Deshaun Watson, the fourth quarter, is already playing. Like Week two, he's named the starter. It's like, all right, we kind of knew it was The happening. macho man, Tommy Savage, yeah. baby. That like, was my guy. Yeah. I fucked like, with him. Like, like, who could forget, though, uh, Pat Shermer and the Giants, like, after two weeks, all right, we got to get Daniel Jones in. How have you not mentioned the most notable one? Tyrod Taylor and Herbert last year. Oh, how do you, yo, automa- If I was the owner, I- I'd be the worst owner of GM in, in all the professional sports. Like they, they really? would be. There, there, there's some yo, people. You would do worse than Houston. Listen, no, no, no. I don't mean like as far as like drafting and putting uh, a team together. I, I mean as far as like uh, team morale and just like. Would you want to get along with this guy? Like, oh, you seem like a positive guy. Nah, but this is what I mean, though. Like, when Anthony Lynn came out after that Chiefs game and yeah. was like, "Yeah, we're still going to evaluate the quarterback oh. position, and it's still Tyrods," I would have been like, "Yo, you're fired." Hugh J- Hugh Jackson did something similar with Baker Mayfield. Remember when they beat the Jets on Thursday night, and it was like, "Yeah, we got to watch the tape." Tyrod still might be a starter. Bro, fuck. Why is that? Poor Tyrod, man. Why has he got to be in the middle Listen, of Listen, I know it sucked that he got like his ribs broken by the team doctor. But no, he got like stabbed. This dude, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Herbert gets thrown into the wolves against Mahomes. Yeah. And he goes toe-to-toe with them. I, I'm pretty sure that game went into overtime. Uh, no, I think the Chiefs won like two like, seconds late, left. Late yeah, field goal. Because yeah, typical was... Anthony Lynn doesn't know how magical. Like, how do you watch that game and you're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to go back to Tyrod. Yeah, and Herbert held his own in that game. Yo, imagine if that didn't happen. We don't see that season that Herbert had. Eventually, you probably get Herbert, yeah. but fuck, dude. Man. I remember the Watson year, too. Yeah. And then he tore his ACL that season. In practice. In practice, yeah. Dropping back. How crazy is that, right? Teddy Bridgewater, the same way he got hurt. Oh. In practice. His was way more gruesome yeah, and way man. more like career-threatening. Yeah. But uh, I got this one for you. In 2020, let's play a little trivia. It is going to be unfair for you because I have the answers here. But uh, four teams played Monday Night Football games twice. Do you remember which ones? Four teams. Four teams in the whole NFL played Monday Night Football last season twice. Seattle has to be there. No. Wow. No Seattle? Seattle played multiple Sunday Night Football games. Also, oh, it's on Monday Night. They played the second most Sunday Night Football games. Monday Night games. What do I feel like the Giants are here? The Giants are on there. <laughs> Yo, it's shameful. Oh, Dallas is there, no? So it's the Giants. Two are two are shameful. Two are understandable. Don't tell me the Jets are there. No, no. the Steelers. Oh, yeah. The Ravens. Yeah, Ravens always get pulled off. The Giants and the Pats. Oh. Played two Monday Night Football games. Hold last on. Year. No, doesn't Tampa have to be there? Tampa played. I remember they played the Giants and the and the Rams. Tampa has to be there. Monday Night Football 2020 schedule because the, Tampa they like uh, their season changed when they lost to the Rams on Monday Night. The Rams, even though it's a close game, Brady looked terrible. Golf threw for like over 300 yards. I remember Co- uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods had like 120 yards each, and like. People were really questioning the Bucks, and then they didn't lose the rest of the season. Wow, you're right. The Bucks did play. They played. The, they played the Giants. They played and the Giants the Rams, played them well, and they played the Giants. Yeah. Yes, that's right. The but, Rams also played two games. I'm sorry, it's not Seattle. I feel like Seattle's always around. So, but the, the I think the Rams are a team that the Jets yeah, got a Monday night game. Yeah, no, but they played well against the Pats, though. 
Denver? Oh, that game was one of the worst. That like, was, that was. Seattle did have a Monday night game yeah, against, against Philly. Uh, which Philly, was, yeah. There was so many bad Monday night games last year. Oh, man. Oh, the Bengals beat the Steelers. I forgot oh, about God. that. I, oh. A lot of people. Whoever had Eric Ebron, Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, I remember fantasy playoffs. Things Word. That was week 15. That's right. A lot of things broke down. That. Damn. But I'm excited about the Rams, Just not just because, obviously, everyone's going to be watching, but they have games against... Um, you have a home game against the Bucks. Uh, they also play away against Green Bay, which is a playoff rematch. Uh, hopefully, Rogers stays, and you know these games actually means a lot. But I think the Rams, you're going to see them get uh, you know, national spot. They're always going to be up there, but I just think people are excited about Stafford. They want to see what can Stafford do, and not just a major market, but now he's got a real like solidified contender around him. Like, okay. Now you're not going to be down by two possessions every Sunday. Now it's like, okay, you're going to be playing with a lot of leads and you're going to be playing against you know, high, the highest of caliber opponents in the high-pressure situations. So I'm excited to see what the Rams do. I think the Rams hopefully they'll get like four or five nationally televised games. You ready for a take-take? Uh, That's my Super Bowl pick right now. All right. Where we stand as of May 11th, 2021, if mm-hmm. you're not sure that it's 2021. Okay. Uh, I think the Rams won the Super Bowl this year. Okay. I think everything is subjective to how you feel about Matthew Stafford. I think he he went from being overrated. It's crazy. He really did. <laughs> because he was the last of the 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 fifty plus million dollar quarterbacks. Remember Bradford came into the league with like fifty million guarantee before taking a snap. Right. And then it was Stafford. Uh-huh. So he went from overrated to now I think he's Terribly underrated, right? And there was he used a, to be the fancy football guy. It's like, oh, this guy's just pump fancy football. Uh, yeah, five thousand yeah. yards, yeah, yeah, yeah. thirty touchdowns, or whatever. Aaron Rodgers was doing a a show, and he said how Maddie is the best quarterback that he's ever played against, and the most talented. I'm sorry, he said the most talented okay. because. Sorry, when you say Matt, I thought Matt, like I hear I think of Matty Ryan, Matty but like, Ryan, yeah, yeah, Stafford, so Matthew yeah, Stafford. Yeah. And the reason why, he said, you know how everyone is in love with these no-looks that Mahomes? He's like, go back and watch him. Dude was doing that at Georgia. But he plays with the Lions, shitbag organization. His, his arm, though, like he, 70 yards, kaboom. Like. So, so think about it, right? Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they take a speedster in the draft. They have Deshaun Jackson. Which, please stay healthy. Please. Stay healthy. <laughs> Listen, that guy's a game record, man. Yeah. Just the threat of him going over the going top. Going back to Cali. So they have um they have the tight end Higby still. Mm, right? Yeah, Everett's not there no more. Above average offensive line. They got a stud running back in Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. The defense, they got two defensive players of the year, arguably. Yeah, two of the best at their respective positions. And that other corner is really good too, that mm-hmm. they had opposite mm-hmm. him. Because I, I remember PFF had they were the only team to have two corners in the top 10 like overall pff grade wow. on their team i know they lost the safety to cleveland johnson yeah they lost johnson that's troy hill um oh they lost brockers as well but uh, i feel like the rams they're quietly even though they have no first round picks they're quietly one of the better teams at drafting i feel like every year two or three defensive players emerge or they get someone on a one-year deal like we saw leonard floyd last year so yeah, I'm I'm super high on the Rams. It's yeah. just it's just that division. They're gonna take some losses because that That's division. A, that divi- like you know, they they might be a team that wins 12 games and they have to go on the road in the playoffs. So, I think they're built to win on the road now that they have a quarterback that's not afraid of cold weather and could play. Not afraid of cold Dude, weather. That was a real big issue. Like you saw golf in those games. He's just such a liability. And was I didn't think it was just because of the thumb. I just thought, you know, we've seen him in 
in those type of scenarios, and he's well, crumbled. Even the year that they went to the Super Bowl, they mm-hmm. had that debacle on Sunday Night Football against the Bears. Oof, that was one of the worst games. It was week 15. I'll never forget it yeah. because I was playing Dominic in fantasy, uh-huh. and he had Gurley, Cup, no, sorry, Gurley, Cooks, and Golf, mm-hmm. and I had Robert Woods. Wow. And Robert Woods outscored all three of them, and I beat him. <sighs> Because golf just couldn't, they couldn't complete a pass. Uh-huh. He looked miserable out there. Right. Every pass that he completed was like a check down to to Cooks or to Robert Woods. Yeah. So, I I really like the Rams a lot. I think Stafford can be a legitimate force on that offense. Now McVay probably is thinking, yo, I could literally open up the playbook now because mm-hmm. this guy can make all the throws. I hate saying that, but compared to what golf could, and he's a guy that, yo, Stafford. Would run play action in Detroit, and they went like a hundred plus games with no hundred yard rusher. Like, right, it, was like Reggie, games. it was like Reggie Bush to carry on Johnson. Yeah, it was yeah. the last time. So now he's or gonna, maybe DeAndre Swift, but I remember Reggie Bush was like the one. Yeah, of all people, Reggie Bush. So, dude, I'm I'm very high on the Rams this year, yeah. like a lot. Yeah, I think the the fact that um, we'll see some matchups of AFC North against NFC West. Like, I think those are the two. Best divisions in football, and there's no debate about it. I think those are two of the most complete divisions. Like, one game that kind of piqued my interest was Arizona playing Cleveland because I think those are the two teams that expectations have never been higher. Like, those fan bases expecting them to you know, not win a Super Bowl, but at least, like, we better be there come late January. We're going to be, we want to be in the thick of it. So, Stay, staying with the Rams, pretty favorable schedule. They played the Bears, Lions, Jaguars, Titans, and Bucks at home. Obviously, the division games are tough. Yeah. And then on the road, they play Packers, Vikings, Texans, Colts, Washington. Mm-hmm. A lot of, though he does leave, though he does leave. Sorry, I read that wrong. I just read you Seattle's schedule. I'm an idiot. They play the Bears, Lions, Jaguars, mm-hmm. Titans, Bucks at home. And then they play Giants, Packers, Vikings, Texans, Colts. So mm-hmm. basically the same teams that I mentioned, but they play the Giants instead of Washington is what the Rams do. Okay. So. You mentioned Seattle. Are they fading? Uh, I still feel like Seattle will always be a threat, but ah uh, man, they still got they got some flaws. And in the NFC, it's if you're a flawed, they're gonna if you're a flawed team, it's eventually gonna get exploited. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question because I've been working on a piece on this new uh, this new thing I want to talk about, and it's um, who do you think is the most valuable quarterback in the league? In relation to their backup. What I mean by that is, if you take away the starter and you put in the backup. Can we also put offensive like situation, like coaching? Court? Because Kansas City, like you saw Chet Henney was able to like function. And Matt Moore was able to do decent so job. So that's, that's what I mean by that. Yeah. So like, Can we include that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it, all things considered, right? So there, there, there's been two very noticeable examples over the last decade in the NFL. And this has a lot to do with, like, the Vegas point point spread, right? Uh-huh. So the starter is out. The backup is in. What would the line be? So in 2016, when the Pats had Jimmy G on the roster, if Brady was out, the line would only move three points because Jimmy G was a good backup. So, for example, if the Pats are a three-point favorite, with Brady starting, Brady's out, they're going to be a pick'em. You follow? Right. 
The most extreme one was Aaron Rodgers in 2018 when Deshaun Kaiser was the quarterback. And then who's the other? Oh, Brett Hundley? Yeah, yeah, so if the Packers were a 14-point favorite, you take out Rodgers, they're a three-point favorite. I, I got one media that comes to mind. Which one? got to be Seattle. You go from Russ to, was it Geno Smith? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Or Arizona. Like, I don't even know who the backup in Arizona is. But you saw when Kyler went down. Yeah. Who, who's this individual? Yeah, the reason why I bring that up yeah. is because I think Seattle, I think Russ has to be in that top, top three to four, mm-hmm. in the sense of like most valuable. You know, I would, I would say Dak Prescott is another guy who's in there. You saw how bad that team looked without yeah. him. I don't even know who's their current backup. Yeah, well, yeah. it was Andy Dalton. Yeah. Now he's not there no more. So that's what I mean by that. You know, like last year, Drew Brees to Jameis Winston, not much of a drop off in that sense. Who's mm-hmm. the backup in Atlanta? AJ McCarron. Let's go. <laughs> Roll damn time. Damn, Matt Shaw retired. We lost the legend. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. So like, I, I feel the reason why you why I bring that up is because I think Russell Wilson is the only reason why you feel so good about Seattle. Yeah, like they got weapons, but it's just what Russ does for offense and how he masks their issues on the offensive line and just poor play calling. Like he's just a complete package, and if you take him out, like you're asking the quarterback to to do a lot when it comes to escaping pressure and just putting passes right on the money like i just i think russ like what he's done for that franchise the last three years we don't talk about enough i want to end with this well first of all is there anything else on the schedule you want to talk about um i think i like i hope 49ers bears both rookie quarterbacks playing because that would be cool oh let me ask you this yeah there's three rookies that are not going to start right away at quarterback it's lance jones and fields Obviously, Zach Wilson's going to start for the Jets. Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence. Who do you think starts first of the three? And, and as a degenerate, do you think any of them are starters week one? I don't think any of them will be starters, but I think Fields will be starting by late September. I'm pretty certain Fields will be first. He probably has the biggest biggest gap between talent is, sorry, the smallest gap. Mm -hmm. It's probably that one. Yeah. But here's the caveat, though. Given Garoppolo's injury history, mm. Lance could be pushed in immediately. Yeah. yeah. And Forge Cam, too. Cam's beat gets banged up, too. Yeah. So these are some tricky situations. Yeah, because you can get a plus number on all of them mm-hmm. at uh, at sportsbooks to see who, who would be the starter week yeah. one, or if any of them would be yeah. the starter week I, one. I think I included all the games. I just, for some reason, I don't know why this match intrigued me, but like I'm I'm really excited about the Chargers this year, and they're playing Dallas, and I just want to see both these teams be top five offense. Like I want to see these two teams maximize their potential offensively because you know you talk about the weapons both teams have and you know, what the quarterbacks are capable of. Like this should be like a real crazy game, and, and I don't know why that game kind of brings back funny memories. Just because I remember the Chargers just annihilating the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I think this was in 2017, and like this was the start of like the yearly Cowboys downfall. Like around that time, I know last year their downfall was like week one or week three, whatever maybe. But uh, 2017, I just remember they really started falling apart. I just remember like Keenan Allen was just running wild. So, mm. but now given the situation with both teams, I, I just think they're there's just a lot of offensive firepower there, and I just want to see both teams like be the top five offenses that we expect you to be. Okay, I want to end up with this, and 
it's wild to me that this guy is still relevant in the sports world as far as like being on a team. But Tim Tebow signed with the Jaguars to be a tight end. Thoughts? Uh, he's gotten a lot of heat. A lot of players have been like, no anonymous shit. We're just saying this shit is bullshit. Yeah. Urban Meyer, I, I could, some of it stems of a PR stump, but then knowing Urban Meyer, it's like, okay, maybe there's a plan here where whether it's, well, it's a tight end, so it's like you're not going to give any mentorship to Lawrence, nor does he really need Tebow's mentorship. But I think it's just let's see what we could do, maybe a couple gadget plays if taken seriously but i don't know this just stems a sign that no one's gonna be talking about come september des came out and said that it's bullshit he hasn't played in a decade but we know why people are saying about kaepernick dude you know cap it's been almost five years yeah him and chip kelly august will be five years since that he took the knee 2016 was his last season he had like 18 touchdowns and four picks yeah chip kelly look not a great coach but he, he could do some things offensively I mean, dude, his claim to fame was with Nick Foles. Remember Nick Foles had like 29 touchdowns, two interceptions at one time? (laughs) Fuck. And then people are trying to tell me like, yo, Nick Foles was the man. Nick Foles up there, him and Flacco are the two QBs I would get into long debates about. And I would get very, very, these are two quarterbacks made me realize I cannot get emotional anymore about like below average quarterbacks. Like either you get it or you don't. Like those two just right off the bat. It makes no sense that like those two guys have won Super Bowls, and then you look at guys like Dan Marino, Philip Rivers, these fucking Rodgers only has yeah. one, so he has the same amount as them. And even like, yo, I love Eli Manning, but it's kind of weird that like Eli has beaten Brady twice. Twice, yeah. Like it's just it's sports. just those moments, playoffs. That's yeah. why I kind of value sustained greatness over everything because it's like I want to see year in and year out where you're at, rather than just like, oh, you had a great playoff run. Great playoff runs three games. You know, four at most. Like, come on. Dude, people forget Nick Foles. They played that Monday night game against the Raiders on Christmas. Couldn't complete a first down. <laughs> Couldn't complete a first down. It was so bad. And then they have a bye week. They come back and they hang up whatever they did. Should have lost to Atlanta. Should have lost to Atlanta, yeah, too. Yeah. And then he gets hot in those two games and all of a sudden we're building statues. Yeah. Which I get. I get. Against Mike Zimmer and Bill Look, Belichick. Like, those are great games, but we're just talking about two games. So, the same thing with Flacco. It's like if Raheem Moore handles his assignment, that Denver-Baltimore game, we're never talking about Flacco. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Hosteller won the Super Bowl with the Giants when Phil Simms got hurt. Wow. Played about... Yeah. I think he played just the playoffs. Right. It's just these flash flash in the pans. Like, okay, you respect what they did, but let's not frame these guys to be franchise quarterbacks or these elite QBs when in reality it's like they were in the right scenario at the right time and they capitalized on it. I think this Tim Tebow news of him going to Jacksonville is Urban Meyer throwing him a bone for all the shit he covered up at Florida. Have you ever gone down the rabbit hole of that Florida team that Urban Meyer had way back in the day? Uh, not as exactly. As far as like the cast of characters. I, I know Hernandez was there. That's yeah. Hernandez, the Pouncey Brothers, Janoris Jenkins, Percy Harvin, Riley Cooper, Cam Newton was there. That's a lot of names. Now, look, some of these names you're not going to be familiar with, but Chris Rainey, Felony, Solomon Patton, Misdemeanor Possession of Alcohol, uh, Matt Elam, first round pick, safety. Right. Uh, Ooh, we had a lot of problems with Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frankie Hammond Jr., DUI. Mm-hmm. 
Gary Brown, misdemeanor battery, slapping a woman and scratching another at a Gainesville apartment. Carlos Dunlap oh, fell asleep wow. behind the wheel at a traffic light. He's still going. Second degree misdemeanor charge of DUI. Janoris Jenkins uh, resisting arrest. Mm-hmm. Marquise Hanna, burglary, felony charge. You look at Carl Johnson, sexual restraining order against ex-girlfriend. You look at Riley Cooper, like I mentioned, Cam Newton, uh, Jacques Rickerson, weed possession. And then a couple months after that, domestic abuse against his girlfriend. Tory Davis, suspended license on numerous occasions. Yo, we're against like a full roster here. Bro, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Lewis Murphy. Wide receiver, wide receiver yeah. great. 12, 13, 14 other names that I haven't mentioned. But Tim Tebow's in Florida. He's the man. He's super religious. And in the South, religion and football are like 1A, 1B. And he's winning the Heisman. They're winning national championships. Yeah. And all that shit gets swept under the rug because you're winning. People put up with your bullshit when you're winning. And then what happens? Students have taken two years off before he goes to Ohio State because he's so fucking ran through the ringer. <laughs> yeah. I just don't get you have such a big rebuilding job on like on your plates. Like why invest the time to this when you know it's gonna get media attention, unnecessary media attention. It's like you're trying to build some kind of culture. Like you need to do something with this franchise that's been in disarray for a couple of years now, or for the most part, minus 2017. So, but who knows? My guess is we won't be talking about this cup September, but uh, like Urban Meyer, he's kind of, he's known for being unorthodox. It's just fascinating when you see that Kaepernick is still outlawed by the league. Mm-hmm. Look, it's been five years now. I don't expect him to come back. But yeah. then you see shit like this happen where T-Ball hasn't now, played in new, so long. New position too. And you're going to learn a new position at 33. Like we're expecting you to block. We're expecting you to run routes. And you know that they're going to be fucking diving at knees, chop blocking them. Yeah. Like, I could see Tebow maybe use, like, you know, sometimes tight ends. Like, a, you see a Kittle or John Smith, they'll do, like, end rounds or inside sweeps. But, like, what Tebow was doing back in 2011, 2012. But, like, he, this guy's going to be running, like, crossers. Like, are you serious? Like, he's going to be blocking, like, 280-pound defensive ends. Mm. Especially since Jacksonville, they're... They got they draft their first running back. They got like three running backs. They got a lot of investment in. Like I don't know. It's just I find it unnecessary. But I think come September, no one's gonna have to pay attention. You know one one thing that I I like about myself, which I know is a weird way to start this conversation, is that I'm not married to my opinions. Mm-hmm. I think that's a an issue that a lot of people have in sports. Like they're just like super by the book, and they're gonna you know like Skip Bayless. He's just gonna double down on a hot take that he had. And the reason why I bring that up is because when Kaepernick, when that whole incident first went down, where he takes the knee, I remember just saying to myself, like, yo, he's he's not that good. He's going to get beat out by Blaine Gabbard. His numbers were declining and whatnot. And then you start to dive into the numbers more. They stripped him of all his weapons. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the turnover with the staff, right? Like, Harbaugh wasn't there anymore. You take a look at the... Other guys getting opportunities like Brock Osweiler is getting contracts, Brandon Whedon, Josh McCown was teaching high school kids, and all of a sudden he gets. To, yeah. And then at that point, you're like, yo, Nick, you're an idiot. Fucking wake up. Yeah. And then you realize what the issues were. To, to me, the worst, like the most egregious thing out of the whole what's gone on the past five years with Kaepernick was when I think Washington was like seven, six, like they were kind of in the wild card hunt. 
and they were like on their like it was rough with their quarterbacks. I think they tried they brought back Sanchez and then he went down and like the people thinking, Wow, Kaepernick, this is like a good time. Like it's December, why not? And they brought in Josh Johnson instead. And you know Josh Johnson, that's the name you see when core, when teams are just desperate. XFL great. Yeah. Like bringing back Sanchez was bad enough. Sanchez hadn't taken a snap in like three years. And then when Washington got Sanchez and then they got Josh Johnson, I was like, Okay, he's definitely blackballed. There's no defense of this. That's yeah. why I know because Washington, remember, at that 2018 season, they had uh, Pearson as a run, but they started like five and two, and they were creeping around. And then they just signed these QBs, and just like, and like, even when journalists were pressing them, they just gave the most blank statements. They're like, "Oh, Josh Johnson really impressing the trout," or "We like Mark Sanchez, veteran savvy." Just all cliches you, you could think of. Yeah. Use. So, but I think this Tebow thing will be a non-story within a few months, but unfortunately, it's there's gonna be some buzz about it, and. You know, I, don't, I don't even know where his head's at. He was, you know, playing with the Mets. Then he was a college football analyst. Like, I just—he's now going to go run routes and block people. Bro, this guy should just do public speaking, charge yeah. like in a ridiculous amount of money to come. Legend, see him. like, yeah, yeah, like, bro, he's a legend. Yeah, good and bad kind. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, what he's accomplished, like, he—he could be a self motivator for people. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, he would—he de- could definitely have a career in that. Yeah, like, I get, like, look, man, like. I know quarterback wins. Everyone hates us that, but like what he did in that playoff game against Pittsburgh, like, hey, he pulled it out somehow, and you know he definitely his he didn't have 15 minutes of fame. Like he took that to like what three years, mm-hmm. so he wasn't some flash of pen. He actually had some success, but uh, it's just yeah, this came out of nowhere. I put so much money on them against the Pats. Oh, oh I mean against the Pats against them. It's about beatings. <laughs> that was a fucking beatdown. That was a CBS Saturday night game. When they booked that, I was like, oh, they just want to they want push this narrative so bad. But dude, this game's gonna be over by the third quarter. Brady was like, we're not having that shit, bro. Tebow D's. That's what started to be like the whole like Mike bad losses for Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, of all the successful coaches, he has some of the worst playoff losses. Like, but, like this guy's like Tebow and Bortles. Like, oh man. And then what's happened this past year? And I'm probably missing a few, but these these stick out, bro. We're talking about beatdowns. That fucking Browns game, twenty eight nothing in the first quarter. I know they they came back to close. Like the box score now looks a lot closer than that game actually was. Yeah. But like Big Ben somehow ended up with four hundred eighty yards. Like, <laughs> like this guy can't throw a pass more than twenty yards. I was gonna mention that yeah. the, the Steelers, that core of the triple Bs, that that AB Le'Veon mm-hmm. Big Ben era, man, they got some bad losses, or they got losses where like they were missing one of them. Uh, the Patriots AFC Championship. Which I barely remember because that was right after the Falcons Packers and you know things got rowdy that day. But uh, I remember like D'Angelo Williams was their running back, mm-hmm. and D'Angelo Williams was like in a wrestling ring a year later. I <laughs> had a crazy cross body. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, hopefully something more interesting happens. But this Tebow news is just I don't know. I just. I think it'll be irrelevant within a few months. It's just I just wish there was more opportunity for the likes of Kaepernick and even someone like Des Bryant. I know he just has his little thing with Baltimore, but it was kind of forgettable. Let's uh let's end with this one. Right now, multiple sports books don't allow you to bet on the win total on the Packers. It's at ten and a half, one of the higher ones in the NFC. The reasons why is because you don't know of his future in Green Bay. Denver is the team that he's heavily linked to. If I was 
Aaron Rodgers and I wanted to leave Green Bay, first of all, for as much as you hate the front office, how many other teams can he go to that have as much talent as Green Bay does? Uh, realistically, none. None. Yeah. Like, let's not get it twisted. I know it's been bad as far as building around them. They've won 26 games, regular season games, the last two years. Right. And they've been to the NFC title game, and you got the best wide receiver in the league. You have a top seven to eight running back in the league. Yeah. And they won those playoff games, the ones they won convincingly. They beat yeah. Seattle, and they beat the Rams pretty decisively. And, dude, look, what happens if they don't kick a field goal there? Right? Or or, like, if, or if Kevin King wasn't a total liability. Kevin King played a big part in that. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking Wonder Bread. Yeah. That guy was getting fucking pieced up. Man. Scotty Miller scoring touchdowns. Like, that was that was so And, like, Mike Pettin also, like, Taron would tell you, Mike Pettin just totally calm. Poor Rodgers had not just having no receiving weapons, other, like, you know, receiving weapons added to the team, but you don't want to talk about bad defensive coordinators that stayed way too long. Don Capers for years was a punchline. And then Mike Pettin, like, Get Rogers like Wade Phillips or somebody like. Get him Rex. <laughs> Yo, Rex has a DC. You want to talk about another guy's been like totally for I think honest reasons, but Rex, I don't think he'll ever get a coordinator job ever again. I think he's comfortable being on TV now. Yeah, but I just don't think teams want that headache. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so we, we're trying over and under on Green Bay wins. Well, I'm I'm saying, do you think do you think he he leaves? I think he stays this year and then he's gone. I think this is his last year. I think I, I think Green Bay is going to they're going to do the best to mediate the situation and Rodgers probably going to be disgruntled but then again he's kind of is always disgruntled and he's probably going to have a monster year but ultimately I think this is going to be it. I think they're going to find a trade partner eventually the following year. And look, that first round pick Jordan Love, they got to see what he's about at some point. And Rodgers is going to be 37 even though I think Rodgers could play till he's 40. Poor guy Jordan Love. So yeah, he he's just, he didn't sign up for this. He's kind of like um, it's kind of like Rogers in a yeah. way, right? A lot of similarities between the two. Just Rogers wasn't retiring officially, then coming back. Like this is the first time that we've actually seen this play out the way it has. Because mm-hmm. with Favre, he was leaving, then he came back, mm-hmm. and then eventually they were just like, "Yo, bro, you can't do this to us no more." Like, fuck. Let's see. It's been four years now of this shit. Yeah. His last pass as a Packer against the Giants. <laughs> Intercepted, baby. Corey Webster. I was going to say, was it Corey Webster or Anna Ross? I, I don't know which Corey one. Corey Webster, but the GOAT. I do think he stays. Do you think he stays? I think he stays also. Yeah, yeah I just don't see them uh, making a trade now. I think it's just too late in the offseason, and I think Green Bay realized their championship window is still there. I just can't see, like, for as, for as good as the weapons are in Denver, and, like, Judy's a beast, Sutton, Hamler. No, I think Rodgers would love to go. I, still, I just think Green Bay is going to be... No, understandably so. Like they still realize this is a and, they could win a championship. Let's think about this. You're Rodgers. Yeah. You got some stud quarterbacks in that division. You, you got to play the Chiefs I twice. Think, I don't think he cares about any of this. You don't think so? I, I think Rodgers just he's you so. You don't think fed- about the 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 path that they have to take in Green Bay now? I, I don't. I don't think. Rogers is the type of guy who thinks he could be anyone. Like, that's come true. on, that's his mentality. Like, that's look at he's, he's yeah. Like, like I don't think Rogers like he. Like, it's like you got to deal with me now yeah, too. Like you listen to him on the Pat McAfee show. He barely talks about other teams, players. He's just in his own world. Like he even said when Green Bay had a bye week, he wasn't going to watch any of the games. He'll just watch the film when he needs to. Like I don't think Rogers is a guy that really looks around what's going on in the league. I think he, when he's just fed up with something, you know, he'll voice his frustrations. So um, I don't think he's intimidated by that. I think it's just more of. He wants to get out of there, but then he realizes 
it's going to take a lot for Green Bay. You know, you're not just going to get rid of a transcendent talent like this. Like, there needs to be serious draft capital here or playmakers, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I love Rodgers' swag. Kind of just tells you how he feels. Right. And he does it in a very nonchalant way. Yeah. I do. I tell people, I recommend all the time, like, Check out those interviews with Pat McAfee. It would they are some AJ Hawk too. AJ Hawk's great. He plays you know his role there, and just Rogers just talking about life. Like you just tell he's like once he's done with football, like he'll be on Jeopardy. He'll do reality TV. I don't see him like he'll never be an analyst. Yeah, like you, he strikes me as a guy who's gonna step away from football yeah. completely. He's not gonna pull a Drew Brees and go to NBC. He's just gonna be like, hey, I'm doing my thing. He'll maybe he'll, he'll have guest like, cameos and like like he was in Game of Thrones, like very briefly right. in this running scene. Maybe we'll do a commercial with uh, what's um, why am I blanking on it? State Farm. No, he already has that. Uh, the product that you like, one of your sponsors was it? Manscaped. Yeah, Manscaped. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I can see like doing yeah. that with a mustache. Yeah, word, word. <laughs> like For just, sure. just yeah. That's that's how I think about Rogers. But no, I think he will stay in Green Bay, and he'll be as disgruntled as ever, and he'll still throw like forty-two touchdowns. Listen, pissed off Aaron Rodgers is the best Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah. and that division couldn't be weaker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's not in Green Bay, who wins that division? Uh, bite kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> I want. By what man? Did you see? I know we got to Justin Jefferson did an interview today, and he basically like said like he knows like they could do better than Kirk. He was just talking about how like Joe Burrow is better than Kirk Cousins. Uh, we know Kirk's not the toughest QB out there. He was just talking about like he's prepared for life without the Kirk, and like you'd seen like Minnesota drafted Kellamon. Like I just like, Minnesota. I want to know what what the, what how they're going to be moving these next two years. Like what's it going to be like? I think Cousins there for another two years contractually, but I think there's going to be huge changes there. If, did he sign an extension with them? He did. I think it was like a two year extension. Huh. But it just you see these signs in Minnesota, them drafting QB early. Now Justin Jefferson's talking about how like him and Kirk don't really click and he loves a quarterback like Joe Burrow. Just like I don't think Cousins commands any respect within that organization. Kirk Cousins is a very okay quarterback. He's yeah. very like you're you're happy, but you're not excited with All him. Right. So yeah, that division's a mess. It is. Yeah. It's funny how they think Chicago now is the most stable QB situation in the division. Because <laughs> Detroit, they, they're going to move. Yeah, they're going to move from golf in like two years. Minnesota's, who knows? And then Green Bay's Green Bay. I don't know anything about the Mond kid. I know nothing about him. Just I saw his pro day, which was whatever. Yeah, he did the. Now the new throw is the rolling out to your left if you're a right-handed quarterback and throwing cross body cross the field. How far you can throw it. No, the Pat Mahomes, Zach Wilson, where everyone. I know, Zach Wilson, he let that fly. Yeah, he did let that fly. Yeah. Can't front, but dude, this was fun. Yeah, man, I'm excited to see what the schedule actually turns out. Maybe we'll do a little more of a deep dive after we get exactly when it comes out. Mm-hmm. But uh, tell the people where they can find you, Alan Stark. That's A L L E N S T R K. Let's go. You didn't mention the underscore because we don't got that no more. <laughs> at the Lamb Shows, you can find me at Veterans Minimum, is where you can find the show. We got roll call for the members that are Patreon. The papers on the floor too lazy to pick it up but we got nick chavez christopher velasquez daniel gibson Derek play devin rendon 
Jake Powers, Corey Johnson Hoops, Ryan Pisner, and Mike Wozniak. Support for this show comes from Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. And when you listen to this, you'll be able to catch Monday's episode early if you are a member of the Patreon, as well as some other exclusives like the six pack with every single guest. And we'll catch you guys next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.